0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com Hello, Hurtons. We want to introduce you to a fellow Fable and Folly network show, Forgive Me. The story follows Father Ben, a young and progressive priest who leaves his congregation in Binghamton, New York, for the smaller, quieter parish of St. Patrick's. As he tries to acclimate to his new surroundings, Father Ben finds himself facing a cast of eccentric parishioners, with all sorts of unique problems and confessions. Forgive Me is created by Rogue Dialogue, and they're currently running a crowdfunding campaign for their third season over on Indiegogo. You can find out more about this at support. And if that's not enough to pique your interest, Forgive Me is also doing a crossover with us, The Secret of St Kilda, if their crowdfunding campaign is successful. So be sure to check it out. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy an episode from the first season of Forgive Me. Transcripts and show information can be found in the description.
1: Forgive Me would not be possible without our generous parishioners. We'd like to thank siblings Andrew Marone and Megan Hawkins for hosting a successful altar server training seminar this past Tuesday. While we heard that many of Megan's critiques led to tears specifically from Andrew, the children said it was a fun and helpful experience. We'd like to thank Mel Hartman for putting on another successful kitten adoption event. Father Ben's still having a bit of an allergic reaction to all the dander in his vestments, but he assures me that many lifelong friendships were made that day become a part of our community over at patreon.com slash roguedialogue.
2: Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been one week since my last confession.
3: What would you like to confess?
2: I have to tell him. I can't do. I can do uh,
3: this. I can. Is, do I'm this. sorry. Is everything? D- d- is wh-
2: everything all right? What? Uh, no. Uh, yes. Of course. Uh, Father Ben, I, uh, I've prepared something. If if that's all right.
3: <laughs> of, of course it is. Whatever makes you the most comfortable. <clears>
2: throat> Heavenly throat> Father, in the presence of your grace via the elegant and trim Father Ben, I confess to you my sins.
3: I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, did you just call me Today,
2: trim? I... Uh, come on, Clary, you have to do this. I, today, I want to confess the worst thing I have ever done. Lord, I am fully responsible... For my fellow bell ringers, Aiden's diarrhea accident during Christmas mass. <laughs> what? Uh, I, I Well, I, I, I never meant to delay in telling you this. I feel it's important that I now at least explain myself fully. Yes, yes, please, what happened with Aiden? Lord, I have prepared a reading that I feel best describes the power and energy I feel feel while playing the bells at Mass. You may find this a bit on the nose, but it's important. Okay. Hear the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells. How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night. Are you reading The Bells
3: by Poe?
2: Father, I asked if I could read from this document I had brought in. You said it was okay. No,
3: no, it's it's fine. Of course, I just... (laughs) I I can guarantee you that both God and I are very familiar with Edgar Allan Poe.
2: All right, all right, all right. Let me continue from after the poem, then.
3: Why did you choose that specific piece? Uh, I know you play the bells, Clara, but what does this have to do with a
2: ten-year-old's public bathroom accident? I thought this was anonymous! I knew you could see me through that damn screen! I should go! No, no,
3: no. Clara, I'm really very sorry. I I didn't mean to break your right to anonymity. You come here every week at the exact same time to the minute, and I know your voice. This doesn't affect the seal of confession. Everything you say remains here between us and the Lord.
2: All right. I'll stay.
3: I'm glad. Now, please, what happened during Christmas Mass? (sighs)
2: 1895. Do you know what that date signifies?
3: I haven't been here. Rhetorical question!
2: The founding of this St. Patrick's Church, December 24th, 1895. My grandfather, Joseph Martin, was there as part of the celebration. He felt it was important to match the joy of the occasion with music. But the church was new, so they didn't have any organ or any other means to create the appropriate overtures fitting of such a moment.
3: So then,
2: Except for one instrument. My grandfather took the bells off his trusty horse Clara and brought them into the nave of this very building.
3: Wait, wait. (laughs) Are you named after a horse?
2: Yes. It's a proud family name. Is there something wrong with that? No, no, of course not. Grandfather began to ring Clara's bells. Quietly at first. And then louder. Soon. Their tings and tangs were ringing off the walls of this building, creating a power and majesty that helped this community. And one might even venture to say, God himself knew that they were home.
3: Really? So ringing the bells dates that far back in your family?
2: From that day forward, not only did the people of this town want my grandfather to keep ringing the bells, but the Lord spoke to him, alerting him of his sacred duty. The classic expression, nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin Bells in St. Patrick's, came from the sheer reliance on my grandfather's playing. I can't
3: say that I've heard that expression.
2: You haven't? It, I'm surprised. It, it's quite famous. I don't doubt it. What was it again? Nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin Bells in St. Patrick's.
3: If I'm being honest, it's kind of a mouthful. Uh, are you sure that's how it goes?
2: What are you talking about? It, it rolls right off the tongue. It It's a very popular expression. Uh,
3: but why not something... Snappier, like, uh, nothing as swell as a martin bell. Y-
2: you don't understand. It's about the consistency as much as the quality. Bells are an ever-present part of our lives, which is why it's vitally important that their clangs create a joyful, repentant atmosphere.
3: M- my mistake... Feel free to continue.
2: Grandfather's bells were the church, equal to the bricks that make these walls, or the marble of the altar. That's why this famous expression exists. Nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin bells in St. Patrick's. Now you say it.
3: Nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin Bells in St. Patrick's.
2: Good, good. Grandfather rang bells until the fate of all true handbell players claimed him. What we now call Carpal Tunnel was then known as Ringer's Wrist. Towards the end of his career, my father would join him. Clasping his hands around my grandfather's wrist to support them as he performed his duties.
3: Clara, this is a beautiful story, but what does it have to do with- This
2: became a common sight on Sundays, and when I remember well, my father supporting his father as grandfather sacrificed his body to make the holiest of music, I'd argue. There is no greater symbol for this church, wouldn't you?
3: It definitely sounds like a special moment to witness. Clara, I want to get back to what happened with Aiden. I need My grandfather
2: to t- grew older, and one day, my father took over altogether. I'll never forget when I turned to him and said, Father, I hope to one day play the bells with you when I'm grown.
3: That must have been a very special moment for him. Not
2: even a little bit. The look of disdain on his face. The bells of St. Patrick's are for Martin men alone, he said to me. On that day, I I never thought I would have the blessed opportunity, but, but as years went by, the Lord's will became clear.
3: And your father finally came around and let you play? My
2: father died suddenly at age 50 in 1990. I was 25 at the time and had been studying him eagerly for years, knowing one day my time would come.
3: I'm so sorry to hear that, Clara. How did he die?
2: What will come for everyone in our vocation. Ringer's wrist.
3: Hold on, are you saying your father... Died from carpal tunnel?
2: Yes, the ringer's wrist. And his own arrogance. (laughs) Father knew his wrists were going, and he decided to try and change the shingles on a roof alone anyway. And it was a windy day, and he tried to hold on to something, and and, and you could put together the rest. (laughs) It's tragic. (sighs) That...
3: That must have been a a challenging, sudden loss for your family.
2: But my gain. I took the reins at my father's own funeral. The bells filled me with such a sense of power, like like they were part of who I was, who I was meant to be. I have been proudly playing bells for St. Patrick's Ever since, keeping alive the Martin tradition and achieving my own God-given destiny. Uh,
3: okay. Uh, a lot to unpack here. Um, Clara, do it you was think that- It the pride
2: that I felt in performing that gave me the fortitude to deal with all these changes happening all around me. <sighs> First, in 1991, they installed an electric organ to play along with me. This I didn't mind, if I'm being honest. Uh, The combination of the two was still hauntingly beautiful, if a a bit over the top, in my opinion. (laughs) Then, and I'll never forget this, in 1993, the church board decided to install a parish choir like like we're a bunch of Protestants. But did I say anything then? No. In 1995, suddenly we begin allowing Mrs. Norris to play her trumpet during larger masses. Do you know how marginal a bell sounds next to the garish blaring of a trumpet. And yet, I still keep my mouth shut. Clara,
3: what does any of this have to do with Aiden?
2: I'm getting there. In 1999, St. Patrick's is afflicted with his first electric guitar. I was stunned by how the other parishioners could be so alright with my nearly indiscernible but elegant bell playing. 2004. We install a full rock band. The front man tries to get me to embrace something he called mixed percussion. I politely decline, knowing that my bell ringing would ultimately outlast their nonsense. Finally, in 2006, the band went through what I heard described as an elongated 311 phase.
3: 311? Like the funk rock band?
2: Regrettably, yes. Do you know how hard it is to seamlessly blend a traditional bell into into what they they call their jams
3: i uh, i can't imagine well i
2: stayed strong and remained a professional in 2010 sanity reigned the church returned to some sense of normalcy and we still had the choir and the organ, but Mrs. Norris had put down her trumpet years before, and the band had finally broken up. St. Pat's was, as it should be, ringing true with the sound of Martin's bells.
3: I imagine that was a relief for you.
2: It was. Until, of course, the great old Father Clement had suffered his tragic heart attack and... Our parish was suddenly held hostage by a beautiful young tyrant named Father Ben.
3: Tyrant? What do you mean by that?
2: It's sorry, I, I, I didn't know I'd be confessing to you.
3: I... Clara, I, I am literally the only priest at this church right now. I have taken confession from you for the past two yeah. months.
2: You included me in your prepared uh, statement. I mean, I, I I, had a feeling it would be you, but but since confession is about talking directly to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done.
3: What I've done? What did I do?
2: Are you kidding? I've sat idly by as this church has been turned upside down and back again so many times. But never, ever, has anyone had the audacity to approve something so preposterous as youth participation.
3: Wait, what?
2: It's always the same story. These young parents have kids, and and those kids grow old enough to walk, and, and suddenly everyone's convinced they have gold shining out their asses. So they say to the rest of us, wouldn't the church be better if we got to watch our disgusting children perform poorly instead of allowing the people who have spent literal decades perfecting the type of graceful strength required to ring a bell and do their jobs uninterrupted?
3: Hold on. All of this is about Miss Williams asking me if Aiden could join you in playing the handbells?
2: Yes! And before you came along, we had Father Clem. Father Clem turned down those parent requests without hesitation, defending his flock from these predatory soccer moms. But then you come along and just give I it- do
3: remember... That she said he's been asking her for years Uh, to participate. uh, He thinks what you do is so great. Honestly, I thought you'd be flattered that a ten-year-old looked up to you. Uh, You certainly didn't seem upset at the time.
2: Upset? Was Caesar upset when Brutus stabbed him? No. No. He was shocked and betrayed. Shocked and betrayed. Still, I chose... To wear a smile, even with a broken heart and a knife in my back, I was going to give this new arrangement a chance.
3: I think you're being a little overdramatic.
2: Never! I met with young Aiden on a Wednesday evening in the church hall to practice while his mother watched. She cheered him on while he did the absolute bare minimum. He sat with his Gatorade, focused on, on the bells with, with the grace and understanding of, uh, of an ape.
3: I'm, I'm sorry to hear this, Clara. I really had no clue how precious this was to you. I, I would have had a larger conversation with you about it had I known.
2: Well, you didn't. And so here I was, aghast, while he had the most beautiful of instruments and defiled them with his sticky, ungloved hands. The boy was barely scraping by and would clearly hold me back on Sundays.
3: Still, it sounds like he was passionate and just wanted to learn. Besides, won't you need somebody to pass this tradition down to one day? Since you don't have children of your own
2: that is What makes you assume that
3: Clara Clara I I'm sorry I I didn't mean to assume You have a child that you would want to see take this on
2: What Oh Oh no I don't I No no that's not the point
3: uh, uh, Got it So you were Saying that Aiden was becoming a bit of an inconvenience?
2: Oh, he was beyond an inconvenience. When his first Sunday rolled around, he showed up just before Mass with another Gatorade that he actually felt he could bring up to the altar. I was disgusted. And yet, once Mass started, the parish in attendance was was so unreasonably moved by his unpracticed, inarguably shrill bell ringing that they felt the need to applaud in church all because he's ten years old
3: I thought that was a sweet moment over
2: thirty years I've been playing the bells and not once have I received any applause not once have I wanted it but now this child comes one time and receives the, the kind of adulation that, that is supposed to be received only by God. Oh, uh, yes.
3: Uh, I can imagine how difficult that was for you. Oh,
2: it was beyond difficult. Yet, even with this, I stood by respectfully. I performed with this dead weight next to me and endured him, receive undue praise and... And then, I saw the program for Christmas Eve Mass.
3: Oh, I think I'm starting to see where this is going. For
2: over a century, one family has rang the bells to signal the birth of our Lord and Savior at midnight. The Martins are the bell ringers of St. Patrick's and, in in a sense, are the sounds of Mary birthing the Messiah. And yet, in a program which you had full approval over, you allowed this ignorant mob of a parish to give the most sacred of solos to an inexperienced, oafish boy!
3: It was time to give someone else a night Uh, in the spotlight, don't you think?
2: Oh, no. I couldn't let it happen. I couldn't. I couldn't sit by as years of sacrifice from my family were erased because a naive, approachably sexy priest wants to appease some eager parents. So I took matters into my own hands. But uh but things uh went horribly wrong.
3: Clara, what did you do to Aiden?
2: He showed up for Christmas Mass early, uh, his trusty blue Gatorade in hand. I waited until one of his seemingly endless pee breaks, and uh, <laughs> I um, I only dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative.
3: Oh, boy. Okay.
2: My goal was simply to upset his stomach enough to send him home early. I would never... Have wanted him to let loose in the middle of mass, but alas, he drank the entire Gatorade and uh, and mass approached, and I could see from the tension in his face that my plan was working. And what I didn't account for was the boy's persistence. <sighs> Clara... I asked if he was all right, and he cracked a pained smile and said, Yes, ma'am, I'm excited. Thank you so much for helping me. I knew in that moment I had failed, and it had created untold damage in my wake. The rest of Mass just played out in slow motion. Aiden tried to ring his bell, so he clearly had to hold back while he was trying to hold you know like hold it in and then hold it together right but then the clock came up <clears and> was <throat> about to strike straight... <clears> 2
3: <throat> I know the rest Clara and I have to admit that what you've done was frankly rather sinister I've heard from Aiden's mother and apparently he's too ashamed to ever come back to church How does that make you feel
2: well, like I said, the moment that child stepped out for mass, forehead sweating bullets, I knew I'd sinned gravely. I was too ashamed to confess, and I have sat with this just eating away at me for the past month. Father, I ask for forgiveness, and I am willing to accept any penance.
3: Can I ask what you actually think you've learned?
2: Don't dose children with laxatives.
3: No, no, beyond that. Uh, I have to assume that if your regret was this great, you've given more consideration to the situation. Is there anything else you've come to realize?
2: uh, anything else I've come to realize? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I'm not sure. I mean, don't, don't don't get me wrong. I've thought about it a lot. I know I should not have done that to Aiden. Hell, I probably should have encouraged him after he was given the solo, but, but I still think it's criminal it was taken away from me in the first place.
3: Well, it sounds like we're finally starting to be on the same page here.
2: No, 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 you didn't let me finish. I've been coming to this church my entire life. I've never left. I waited patiently until I was an adult to have even a sniff of what Aiden has gotten at ten. These bells... These bells define who I am. And they will. Long after Aiden grows up. Goes off to college. Probably never even comes to Mass
0: again.
3: Well... (laughs) I do think the main thing is that you understand that what you did to Aiden was wrong. I'm happy to absolve you of this. (sighs) For penance, if you are open to it, I hope you'll consider writing a letter encouraging Aiden to come back to church and to play the bells with you again.
2: Father, respectfully, the only thing good to come from my sins are the bells being back in their rightful hands. I, I, I don't think it benefits anyone for, for us like to let this child clumsily clang on them again. I have it
3: on good authority that he looks up to you, Clara. Uh, I think you see this too. Um, the opportunity you have here it, is... Great! You can help fix the damage you clearly feel guilty about and also create a new heir to take up the Martin Bells. Maybe try extending the hand that you wish your father had extended to you?
2: This is really an oversimplification, Father. I don't think you quite- Just
3: give it a shot, Clara. Fine. Uh, Clara, where are you going? You're know, not done.
2: You may be sexy, but the rules here are not.
1: Forgive me as a rogue dialogue production. It was written and directed by Jack Marone and Bob Raymonda. Sound design, mix, and score by me, Adam Raimunda. Here's our cast. Crystal Osborne, Clara, and Casey Callahan, Father Ben. All of our graphic design comes from Sam Twardy. So, hey, did you like the show? If you did, go subscribe to it or follow it on your favorite podcast player. If you really enjoyed it, rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Forgive Me is a brand new show, so every rating and review helps out a ton. You can find us on social media platforms by following at Forgive Me Show. By becoming a patron, you can get access to episodes of this show a week in advance, as well as a whole bunch of other content that we have planned out for you. We'll also shout out all of our new patrons right at the top of the episodes. This podcast is made possible by those supporters on Patreon. Money is obviously tight in 2024, lots of people. If contributing to our shows is not in the cards right now, we totally understand. But if you are in a position to join in, we would appreciate it so, so, so much. Become a patron over at patreon.com slash roguedialogue. No matter what, thanks for listening. We'll be back in December with a new episode, so we will see you then. Bye.
3: think you're being a little over dramatic you are <laughs> <laughs> well okay then uh, no okay. you
2: times infinity Ah, oh, damn it ah!
3: no rebuttal the seminary didn't prepare me for this
0: <laughs> got him got him the fable and Folly network where fiction producers flourish
1: Hey there, we're DM2GM. I'm your DM from Dungeons & Dragons, Russ Moore. And I'm your GM from The End of Time and Other Bothers, Sean Howard. What we like to do around here is answer the questions that you have about tabletop RPGs and get you started feeling comfortable playing games around your table. We want to share our real experiences, what we've learned, what's been helpful,
3: so that other people can get going. And because and a lot of these hurdles are just in their head.
1: So find us every other week wherever you listen to podcasts. Or visit DM2GM.com. dm to GM. Get your game started.